This is episode 50 of Essential Oils by Design. Hi everyone, you're listening to Essential Oils by Design, the podcast about human design, essential oils, and how they work so beautifully together. We're your hosts, Nani Chisire and Roz Isbell, and there are three things that we're both passionate about. Essential oils, human design, and making the world a better place by helping people get both in their lives. Hi, Roz. Hi, Nani. So today is our 50th episode, and every 10 episodes, we're doing a celebrity chart. We're checking it out and telling you a little bit more about the energies in their chart. And today is Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou, we probably all know her for all of the inspiring quotes and poems that we hear probably on a weekly basis. I come across something from her, but maybe Roz can tell us a little bit more. So I have fairly recently read Maya's first autobiographical book, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. It had been in my field of vision for a long time and I finally read it and it's absolutely beautiful. It's just a lovely, lovely book to read. All sorts of beautiful messages and just stunningly written. Maya is a manifester and we haven't actually done a celebrity reading for a manifesto yet so for that reason alone this will be interesting hopefully but she's a very inspiring manifesto who I think has used her manifesto energy really really beautifully so just just to do some of the more formal stuff the chart that we are using has Maya born in St Louis Missouri on the 4th of April, 1928 at 10 a.m. CST. And that makes her a single definition manifesto. We'll actually post Maya's human design charts on each of our websites and there'll be links in the show notes so that you can look up her chart on our websites and follow along so that you know what we're talking about. What I want to start with is that I'm so glad that she's a manifester and that she used her you know, internal spark to lead the way for so many people in the realm of you know, racial injustice and uh, women's rights and other things that she was passionate about. And you can see that she's beautifully played out her manifester role, I guess, on the earth and I'm so glad that she was here. Yeah, she's absolutely inspiring. You know, one of the things that I think is absolutely just so beautiful about her chart is in her unconscious moon, she has the gate 56. And the gate 56 is the gate of storytelling. And that's what she did. She actually wrote seven autobiographies. And they were really done in a a storytelling way. She created little tales about things that happened to her and her her books were studied a lot. And one of the things that she was very good at was 
not necessarily speaking, you know, starting at the start and finishing, you know, at the end of that particular era. She'd take an era and then she'd take the themes that occurred to her during that era and put them together. And that's very much a Gate 56 thing to do. I love it when I see some really obvious things show up in, in someone's chart. Not that I need convincing of human design, but it just makes me realise how powerful this information is. So maybe what we can do, Nani, is have a look next at the couple of channels that she's got. She's got the channel 4521 that runs between her throat and her will centre. And that's actually what makes her a manifester. What makes somebody a manifester is motor energy which the will center is a motor that runs straight to the throat and so that particular channel is her manifesting channel and that that channel allows her to speak about herself which she does with such humility and i think that's one of the reasons why she is so loved because she's able to speak about herself but in a way that comes across as, as very humble. There's nothing about her that, you know, she's not big noting, she's not letting her ego get in the way in any way at all. And that's that's quite a gift. That 4521 is leadership energy. It's also it's also around abundance and, and wealth, this particular energy. The 45, which for Maya shows up in her north node so very much a theme of her post 40 years which i think is interesting because that's probably when she really started to come into her own as far as widespread recognition is concerned the 45 is the energy of the sovereign it's queen or king energy it's it's real leadership energy and it has people following it people who resonate with the person will follow them and of course Maya had a huge band of people following her some very very high profile people following her high profile people certainly were led by Maya and and what she represented when I'm looking at her chart here I just see a theme across the entire chart like as I'm listening to Roz talk about it I was just staring and she has a a lot of igniter energy and like provoking and starting and initiating. I mean, on top of being a manifester, she has the gate 53 in her earth. So it's actually grounding for her to start things. She's got the gate 51, which probably a lot of shocking things I mean, not probably a lot of shocking things did happen in her life to shock people into spirit. She's got that full channel 5125. That totally makes sense to me. And she's got the 39, which is a an energy that's like provocation. And like a lot of inspiring teachers have that energy. And it's really cool to see all of them come together in a way that has changed the entire world <laughs> for one person. Exactly. And she covers that all off with grace. You know, she's got grace in Venus, which is whatever shows up in your Venus is what you value or what you see beauty in. And having grace in Venus is a beautiful placement 
but I think it really, she, she was grace personified, wasn't she? Was, yes, she was. Yeah, she was just amazing. She also had, and I find it interesting when I look at this chart, and I did say we'll talk about the channels, and we definitely will. <laughs> I find it interesting that she has the gate 34 as a hanging gate because often when 34 shows up as a hanging gate, that can mean that the person can really struggle with this incredible power that is contained in that energy. Anyone with the gate 34 is going to be busy, a busy person achieving a lot of things if they are following their strategy. But a busy person achieving not very much at all if they're not following their strategy. I see a lot of people with the gate 34 who, you know, always look busy. They're always flapping around, but they don't have a harness on that energy because they're not following their strategy. But in Maya's case, and of course we weren't there and, you know, we didn't see what was going on in the first, you know, perhaps the first 40 years of her life. But I think... It, it's fairly obvious that she was able to achieve a huge amount because she was deciding what needed to happen and making it happen. So that beautiful energy of power that she holds was able to be used really well. I just noticed some more intense energy that can be on top of everything else we've already talked about. So she has gate 30, which intensifies the entire chart. So she's just got this intense passion behind if if following her strategy you know she has a lot of power to move things forward in a big way and she also has gate 54 which is about it's called ambition but it's really like holding this vision of something for the right timing to come when it connects with the gate 32 so she's just this powerhouse if you didn't know whose chart this was and you looked at it you would probably see a very powerful person. But like Roz said, that grace just made her feel so nice at the same time. It didn't feel like power that was being exerted on you. But in her words, it's like everything that she does is very powerful. Yeah, yeah. That 54 energy too. And this 54, just so that for those of you who aren't looking at her chart at the moment, 54 is in her unconscious sun. So it's a very, very prominent energy. It's right up the top. And the 54, I often see in people who have the 54, this ability to be able to make themselves who they need to be depending on the circumstances. So it's ambition, as Nani said, People with the 54 are usually quite ambitious, but they're able to kind of morph into whoever they need to be to make what they need to happen, happen. And I, I, also, I also say being able to speak to people at all levels. So being able to speak to presidents, being able to speak to children, just depending on where, and, and she wrote children's books too, this is this ability to be able to become what you need to become in that particular moment to achieve the success that you that you are striving for or to achieve your ambitions. She's just been able to use these energies so beautifully. 
Yeah, and I know we've dived right into the gates, but if you step back and look at her open centers and her or undefined defined centers, it tells an interesting story too, because she has an open head, an open ajna, an open emotional solar plexus, root and sacral. And it's just telling me that what she was doing was feeling other people and also like taking in inspirations and ideas and she had many ways of looking at things so she wasn't necessarily like she was doing this for more than herself it's it appears from this this chart and then she of course has the defined throat center so that's amazing because she was able to communicate and manifest she had a direction in her life and the only gate that she has defined on her g center is the 25 and that's all about like love of spirit and and she's got that connection with the gate 51. So she was really meant to shock people into a spiritual awakening. And then she's intuitive and her intuition in gate 48 connects directly to her throat, to a voice of enthusiasm, which you can also see that come through. And then her will center, it probably helped her in many ways, but I'm sure it also burned her out in other ways, having a will center without a sacral and probably doing all the stuff that she's done in her life, but she seems to have managed it well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there were times when she burnt out. And I think the thing with manifestors is that they can go really hard, probably even for up to 40 years or so, 40, 45 years before they burn out. That doesn't mean to say it's healthy. If you're a manifester and you're not using your manifester energy and your lack of sacral energy properly, just because you can doesn't mean you should, but most of us don't know that because most people don't understand how they're actually designed. So you can, as a manifester, keep going and going and pushing and pushing and not stopping and resting properly and reach a, a point of burnout around 40, 40, 45, even sometimes up to 50. But that's not a healthy thing to do. We do not encourage that at all. It's not a healthy thing to do for your long-term health and it's certainly not a healthy thing to do for that period of time that you're experiencing that major burnout around about 45-ish, let's say. So yes, if you do have a will centre and you are, an, a particularly you're an open sacral person, and I've seen plenty of generators who are burnt out through defined will centres. <laughs> Nani's just having a little smirk to herself. But I have seen generators who have burnt out because of their defined will centre. But if you're an open sacral person and you're a manifester or a projector and you have a defined will centre, be very, very wary of workaholism, of pushing yourself too hard, of ignoring those signs to take a rest. And, of course, we can't really talk to Maya's burnout or periods of burnout and whether or not she had them I suspect she would have I suspect yeah. she would have had them and I am a generator with a defined will and I only laugh at that because it's totally true I can yeah. push myself through a lot but I also think it probably brought about a lot of it probably pushed her through some things that maybe other people wouldn't have pushed themselves through in oh, some yeah. of those some of the really important topics that she has 
pioneered. Absolutely. And there is no question that that Defined Will Centre has played an incredible part in her being able to express herself in such a way that gets heard, that gets heard in the way that it does get heard. And so, you know, she's been able to transform so many people through, as, as Nani alluded to before, that channel 2551 that runs between the G Centre and the Will Centre. And that particular channel is the channel of the priest or the shaman and it is able to transform itself and other people into their own truth and it does this usually via shocking people and you know there were some really shocking things that happened in Maya's life but she was able to convey these things through her writing with such grace and such dignity and in such a beautiful way that yes we were shocked and we had our own transformation and that was because it's how she's designed to operate that's the effect that she's designed to have on other people as well as herself she also has the gate 22 in um, mercury so she's here to communicate with grace and I have read her book and I, I was joking with Nani about this before we started recording because I, I often feel guilty saying I've read a book when I've actually listened to it. <laughs> I didn't read it. I listened to it because I know a lot of people like it and I particularly know a lot of manifesting generators like to listen to books because it allows them to do other things at the same time. But Maya, um, Maya actually read the book that I listened to and so I got to hear her voice and really feel into her beautiful graceful energy and that's one of the reasons why I can say that you know she she had this grace because I bore witness to it myself in listening to her read for me I know why the cage bird sings and it was honestly one of the most memorable books I have ever listened to at penetrating memorable books memorable books I listen to books all the time all the time I've always got something on the go and that particular book I know will stay with me forever where certainly because of the content but also because of the delivery because of the way that Maya delivered it in her beautiful graceful manifesto way um, whereas other books which may have had a major influence on me as well aren't necessarily ones that I will remember the same way. Do you want to talk about that channel 4816 that you were talking about before Nani? That's a really important one because Maya has the gate 48 in her conscious earth and also in her conscious moon. So 48 is a big energy for her. That whole channel is an important one. Yeah, I mean, it could have been what led her to some of her writing because it's into the depths of things and learning about different things. When you combine them together, it brings, it's like the talent, right? the channel of talent. But I, I know a couple of people with that gate 16 and you can tell when you're around that gate 16, that enthusiastic 
energy. It's just like exuding interest in whatever they're talking about or whoever they're with. You can tell in her presence that, that she portrays that. But having them connected together is like she's, she's got the power and the leadership energy that Roz was talking about before in the 4521. She's got the storytelling. So she only has three gates defined in her throat. So that's what she talks about or is here to communicate about. And then she's this last channel, the 4816, is speaking from intuition. So a lot of what she shared, she probably just intuitively knew that this is what she was here to share with the world. Um, she probably dug into it. I mean, having it in her earth means that it helped ground her. So looking, you know, like looking at things to the depth of what they are made her feel more grounded. Plus it drove her. So yeah, like Roz is saying, it's like a double whammy of the Detail. 48. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the interesting thing about that channel, the 1648, the channel of talent and mastery is that people that carry this energy have the potential to be masters at whatever it is that they choose to pursue. So not only can they get very good at something that they work at, and when I say work, I don't mean the, the hard slot. I just mean, you know, putting the energy behind it. They can become very, very good. In fact, they can even become the best at whatever it is that they're doing. And I think once again, you know, Maya is a perfect example of somebody who was able to hone their talents as a poet, as a playwright, as an author, an autobiographical author, as a speaker, as an actor. There were so many things that she did. And I think it's fair to say that at least with some of those things, she was certainly up there amongst the best as a master. Yeah. I was just looking at her Saturn gates because those are two gates that we haven't really talked about yet. And they happen to both be in her Saturn. So the gate five and the gate 26. So the Saturn, I mean, if you don't know about the Saturn returns when you're around age 30 and it can last longer than that, depending on if you get through it or not, can deliver you like one big challenge to kind of shake out what you don't need and move you into into your next phase or like kind of more into alignment of who you are. And I'm guessing the gate 26 is about integrity. So it must have been an interesting time because maybe there were people around her or maybe with herself because she has it in the third line about experimenting with her own integrity. And then also the rhythms of herself and it seems like extreme things have happened to her. And I think it can be hard when you have the gate five and not the gate 15 to adapt to extreme sometimes. So it must have been a really interesting time. I haven't looked back at what she was doing around that time. Maybe Roz knows, but maybe not. But it might be interesting to dig into. This was around the time that she met Dr. Martin Luther King and became very inspired by his work around the civil rights struggle. And she actually worked for him. So she worked for him and then she travelled to Ghana in West Africa in 1962. So she was past the Saturn return time then. But she found a lot of inspiration in, I guess, what you might say, in the integrity of Dr King's work. And I think that that's a really 
cool thing. And then that gate five, which is the routine and the rhythm and the ritual part as well. That's a really important part of if you've got the gate five, especially as a hanging gate, as Maya has, and the gate five comes off the sacral, this is all about having routines and rhythms and rituals in your life. I, I know somebody who has the gate five in their chart and what they do is they create rituals. That's what they do. They create rituals for other people and um, and they use essential oils. You know, they create a lot of essential oil rituals. And I think it's a, a really beautiful way to understand this energy because we often, I know I've certainly been guilty of this in the past and my work with human designers continually evolving thing and I learn things every day but it's not just about needing to get up at the same time every day or you know, needing to have the same type of food all the time it's not just about that it's about creating rituals around the way that you do your life and I haven't gone into detail but it would be interesting perhaps to read the biography that Maya wrote that took in that part of her life to see what she did around ritual and maybe it was the fact that there was no ritual because it does show up in satin and perhaps something happened to her that forced her to create ritual in her life well from that i think maybe we could come up with an essential oil blend for maya angelou it could be the maya angelou blend what do you think Roz? what does she need oh she doesn't she she i th- i think she needs okay. sandalwood why does she need sandalwood i'm feeling sandalwood probably cuz she has an open head and an open root and she yeah. needs some grounding from all that pressure yeah but it, and and it's more than it, certainly the sandalwood will bring her that beautiful grounding but it's almost there's something about that kind of incense and ritual and I just feel like there's this thing around sandalwood that would be a beautiful part of a blend for Maya. I agree. I feel that wild orange is calling to me and I know that's like one of the most common essential oils, but it's it's the oil of abundance and... Also one of the most beautiful. Yeah. And what about for Maya's inner child? the beautiful little girl that went through so much. What about Ylang Ylang? Yes. Yep. So sandalwood, perhaps Hawaiian sandalwood and wild orange and Ylang Ylang. Do you want to come up with a recipe for that, Annie? Four drops of wild orange, one drop of Ylang Ylang and two drops of sandalwood. Beautiful. And then pop it in a 10-minute bottle and top it up with your favorite carrier oil with her favorite carrier oil and yeah I think that would be a beautiful Maya Angelou blend another thing I think is super interesting about Maya's chart she has the gate 29 the gate 29 is the gate of commitment it's part of the channel 2946 the 29 comes off the sacral and this energy is held often by people who have unusual jobs and a poet which was, I think, what Maya would say was her main occupation, is an unusual job, but so is being an actor, so is being an autobiographical writer. You know, it's not a common job. It's not something that everybody does. So to that extent, I think she 
live that part of the 29 energy really well. It's also the energy for commitment. It's the energy of, you know, having boundaries in place. And certainly it came across in her first book that for the most part, I think that she did have fairly good boundaries. I mean, obviously there were some things that happened to her where clearly boundaries were crossed, but I think the commitment piece is, is that commitment that she felt to have her story told and to have her story told in so much detail. And, and I'm making a commitment to myself now, and I also have the Gate 29, to read the rest of her books because I think that it will be fascinating to see in more detail, which she will be very good at providing because of that Gate 48 energy, what actually happened in her life and maybe we can come back one day, Nani, and do Maya Angelou part two. <laughs> but the 29 shows up in Neptune and that's often energy. It's very spiritual energy, the Neptune energy. But it's also the energy of our work and of how we actually pay the bills, of how we sell what it is that we have to sell. And I think Maya's commitment really showed there and her ability to do something that was a little bit different and do it in a, a way that I mean it wasn't just that she had an unusual job it was as much that she did her unusual job in an unusual way so I really love that about her there's so many things about her I love and so many things about her chart and the way that she lived her life that I loved another thing that I think is also very interesting is that she has opinions in her chart the gate 17 the gate of opinions which is one of the ajna gates this particular energy for maya shows up in a place where we tend to be a little bit quirky and it's the planet uranus so when maya was born the planet uranus was transiting in the gate 17 and so maya's opinions always have a tendency to be a little bit quirky a little bit different maybe something that isn't so mainstream and I, I think you know being one of the first people to speak about topics that she spoke about to go out on a limb with her opinions and because she's a manifester and because it would have felt right in her body to do it it was so, so broadly embraced and accepted. So, you know, that I'm sure that that particular energy has a big bearing on the influence that she was able to have and continues to have to this day. So I'm, I'm so glad that she had this energy and was able to, to share it. And then the 36, the 36 is that, it's sometimes a chaotic energy it's called the gate of chaos and I think perhaps one way that that might have played out for Maya was in her relationships because she had a few relationships she lived in a few different places and we often say to people who have the gate 36 don't you ever get bored because if you get bored you can go and do silly things and I think that might have been the case for her in a few situations where she might have been tending to boredom and gone off and perhaps got married or or done things that 
might not necessarily have had she taken the time to feel into her body she might have not pursued but then again she wouldn't be the person that she is and this is what I say to everybody you know your journey includes the mistakes and that's what makes you who you are so there's no time for too much regret in our lives I don't think and of course one thing we really do need to mention is the fact that Maya was a sixth line she was a six two and so she would have been doing a huge amount of experimenting in that first 30 years of her life. That's what the six does in the first 30 years prior to its first Saturn return. It's experimenting. It's trying things out. It's seeing what happens if it does something. You know, We look at it and call it making mistakes, but actually it is part of the life process. So... Just knowing that about Maya and the fact that that first 30 years of her life was her gathering information so that she could then assimilate it in the next 20 years and then go on to be the beautiful role model that she was from sort of 50 onwards. She was a role model all her life. It's important to understand that sixth lines are role models all of their life from the time they're born, but it's in that in those post 50 years that it really starts to shine and people just immediately recognize and accept that the sixth line person in front of them is a role model so I think that's a really uh, important uh, part of Maya's energy is that six and of course the two being the hermit you know where she she probably I mean I certainly feel that in her work that that there was that hermit energy, but it was being called out. Um, it wasn't allowed to hermit away forever. It was being called out. You know, she probably liked being on her, on her own as most hermits do. But when you're a hermit, you don't get to be on your own all the time. There is responsibility in that energy to go out when it gets called out. I think that 6-2 energy has really played itself out beautifully in Maya's life. When I think about Maya or other people who have led major change in our world, it always makes me want to reach out to the manifestors out there. I don't think you have to do something, you know, huge, but definitely if you're feeling an inspiration or just like an inner drive to do something, I think it's worth doing. Absolutely. And just Absolutely. Inform informing, of course. Yeah, of course, in fact, which she did so beautifully. Okay, so I think that just about wraps up our beautiful manifester, Maya Angelou. I hope that if you've listened to this and you've been able to refer back to her chart, it's sort of helped you to understand just how beautifully human design can show you what you're all about and it can show you what you're here to do and where your strengths and your wisdoms lie and even your vulnerabilities as well so if you haven't already jump on to either of our websites nani's is humandesigntools.com and mine is findyournaturalgroove.com where you will find Maya Angelou's human design chart 
and you'll also find out loads and loads of information about human design because we've both got lots of information there about the work that we do and you know links to lots of resources as well oh and you'll also find links to our essential oils businesses so thank you so much for listening and we look forward to speaking with you again soon bye nani bye Russ. bye everyone, bye everyone.